Autism Everyday Podcast. We are your hosts, Swati and Geeta. Welcome back. Yeah. So it's been a while. Not really. Okay. So it it's always <laughs> been a while. Okay. <laughs> We're so inconsistent with the podcast. <laughs> So what are we going to talk about today? I think we're going to get into the concept of a task. Something okay. new, mm-hmm. something that we haven't actually discussed before. Mm-hmm. Um but I think something that strikes us every time we talk to a parent, yeah, or watch the kids, or watch the right? kids, yeah. Yeah. So it's one of the I think it's one of the things that we as interventionists keep talking about. We call it you can call it daily living skills, ADLs, ADLs, self-help skills. independent skills independent skills blah 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 right call it what you may but it's all about hygiene and everyday routines yeah. it's about brushing teeth using the toilet appropriately dressing undressing having me having a meal and a million other things that we do every day just think of the many things that we do quite seamlessly without a thought almost on autopilot right adaptive skills adaptive skills So it's about knowing, you know, where to start when you have to do something. What is the outcome in the sense of knowing, oh, when is this task actually complete? And then there are many terms and conditions, of course, embedded in between these two points: the start and the finish. Like it's not just knowing the task from end to end, but also knowing how to modify that task depending on where it is being used, or what is the situation, or you know is there a problem is there is there a barrier that's preventing the the next step from being you know started or completed so is this behavior happening in a public or a private space and then remember there are many spaces in between public and private <laughs> the gray area <laughs> the gray area right uh so so many spaces in between where something is allowed while some things aren't is um, it, it i have to interrupt it takes me back to um the peter gerard workshop that we yeah. attended um 2018 i want to say yeah yeah when he was talking about uh, adolescence and ad- adults on the spectrum and talking about sex ed and um it was very interesting because he said he was trying to teach i think a teenager at the time where he can engage in romantic behavior and what what constitutes sexual romantic behavior anyway um so holding hands was acceptable everywhere kissing was acceptable everywhere because it's america kissing with tongue was not acceptable everywhere <laughs> sex was not acceptable everywhere so it it's it's really um it's interesting cuz some things are marked as public and some mm. things are marked as private yeah. and then there's a gray area yeah, yeah. which is public but nobody is around so yeah. it becomes semi private yeah. yeah. which you know is a luxury but it's one that america has <laughs> so he certainly do we do not <laughs> no anyway when you said that it it took yeah. me back to true. that workshop yeah true, isn't it there's just so much in between so uh, i mean are you with a close friend or family or you know is this person actually with people who are kind of known but not really you know good friends um is it a formal environment or a more relaxed one i mean every one of these contexts makes such a big difference right in absolutely what behavior you can engage in and um even a known skill how should it be engaged in these contexts absolutely so let's look at some of the things that we hear very often from families so one of the things is uh when a you know a new child comes in 
or a consultation mm. we we often ask okay is your child toilet trained mm-hmm. or do you need any help with that and you know the mum or the dad says oh yeah he's absolutely tr- toilet trained no problem i just tell him to go to the toilet and he'll go to the toilet mm. uh uh-uh. uh <laughs> If he feels the need to empty his bladder, he'll just pull down his pants wherever he is yeah. and run to the toilet. And it's often in the in the drawing room. It's in the right? drawing room. Yeah. So he's streaking yeah. nude across the house. Yeah. Um, and then they go on to say, you know, he can use the toilet, but I have to remind him to flush the toilet sometimes. Mm. He doesn't always do it mm. on his own. Mm. I will know later when I go in. That exactly. Oh, he's oh. actually been in there. Yeah. <laughs> and then when sometimes when we ask them you know um has he been taught about privacy does he close the door oh no he's always in a rush to complete the job he never closes the mm-hmm, door mm-hmm. or he doesn't close the door cuz we are standing there yeah yeah right and if we ask them if the child has a way to indicate that he needs to use the toilet very often they say something like oh yeah you know he or she touches their private parts and uh, when i ask her if she wants to use the toilet they will just pull my hand and drag me towards the toilet yeah when you when you speak of private parts takes me back to that the sex workshop <laughs> what is a private part yeah, is yeah. it not i don't know vagina yeah. and penis yeah we know we will that's for another day another day for <laughs> sure but it's not private parts yeah. call it by their names yeah. just because you call your head your head and your hand your hand and your ears your ears your ears your ears and this is a child with autism which means when you say private parts they don't know what that means so you've got to label the parts going back to this so um when we often ask uh, families if um the child can bathe independently they'll say of course yeah yeah they you know they go in they they have a shower and no i don't have to help just that i need to stand around near the door sometimes outside the door and remind him to turn off the water because he just loves splashing around in the water I also stand outside and instruct him to soap his legs and his face. Mm-hmm. He forgets often, they say, right? He forgets yeah. often. Sometimes he finishes a shower, but you know the ink marks on his hand that just <laughs> remains and if you come to weekend, my god, it remains forever. <laughs> right? Yeah, this is so, so much in in between. I mean, the other things we hear, my child knows how to clean up after using the toilet. but then i'm never sure if he's clean well enough mm. so I, i in any case mom and dad say i always step in yeah and uh, clean up just in case i don't want him getting an infection and then there are these other things my child can read my child knows numbers from 1 to 1000 you just have to start him off on one and he can go up to 1000 with no pauses uh, my child can eat on his own I mean he sometimes gets up in the middle and walks around and comes back and sometimes I have to call him back but yeah I mean he can eat he can eat on on his own, own right and you know if he doesn't come back when he runs away from his dinner table then I just know he's finished, finished yeah. yeah cool isn't it <laughs> no it isn't <laughs> sounds familiar maybe too familiar mm-hmm. so it it would seem like our kids our children on the spectrum they seem functional in parts completely right yeah and then then clueless at other times yeah, yeah. uh they recently a mom asked asked me why her child knew the different marine creatures mm. but did not know how to accurately label genders mm. Mm. despite her attempting to teach him right yes. so many times yeah 
I mean, it would go. It would seem like our autistic kiddos are like this enigma. Mm. In that, know the difference between oh, the which car is actually passing by on the road. Yes. By the sound of the engine, or I don't know whatever. <laughs> they know best. <laughs> I mean, they just seem to know so much, mm. and then there are mm. these gaps, mm. these seemingly massive gaps, mm. and some of the skills they do display and know are way ahead, mm. while these these gaps or these roadblocks. they are very basic yeah. sometimes very basic and interfere in in their functionality which is right which is where the trouble lies so let's take a peek at what research has to say about this adaptive functioning right adaptive functioning better adaptive functioning is closely connected to concept formation and perceptual reasoning so just teaching these skills in discrete steps in a structured environment is not enough hmm translating that knowledge into real life situations when that you know the whole structure is probably missing and problem solving in real life leads to better concept formation and ad- adaptability that's what research says so real life challenges it is it's just not enough to know how to hypothetically solve a problem yeah because when something happens sometimes children are not able to apply that knowledge and say hey i know how to do this so i'm going to solve it so they often um, i think find it hard to string together the bits of learning that they have in order to complete a task i mean let's take an example example a child may know how to use his debit card i mean we use a lot of that right yeah. rather than cash um, or you gpay gpay exactly G-pay, right um he probably knows yes he knows how to go to the shop how to buy soap where to locate soap or ask for soap and how to use soap for a shower but when he's actually running out of soap hmm he may not be able to plan a trip to the store to replace the soap that is running out and so, so it's a, he knows all of these discrete steps but he is unable to plan differently and make sure he is able to replace it before the soap actually runs out and a shower could often mean just lots of water falling on the body depending on how much you like it some soap moving around here and there hmm. and then another rinse when somebody knocks you on the door and reminds you that you know it's time to get out <laughs> <laughs> and the shower may not be about that extra dirt that is there because the child actually went to the farm and Uh, oh it's been a really hot day it's been a really hot and humid day and there's a lot of grime and standing a little longer under the shower would actually make them feel better but here is a child who's been taught certain things and would do it perfectly but not taking into account these little nuances oh yeah right? so we've seen some of our better functioning kids remember being unable to report Oh, I remember <laughs> this so well. Yeah. Unable to tell us that he had an upset stomach. Mm, mm. I mean, the first thing here is the assumption that the child knows what is normal, mm. like a normal bowel movement. Mm. And then when he has an upset stomach, to be able to figure out that this is abnormal. Yeah. And then to know that he needs to report Reported. that it's abnormal. Yeah. Right. Oof, that's a lot. It was. It, it's crazy. So I, I would have assumed that this little guy we're talking about, he would be able to report Absolutely, this. Absolutely right. It's Without smart a doubt. Kiddo, yeah. Very smart. But he knows so much. But no, he just kept going in and out of the toilet. And so when I actually asked him, I said, "Hey, is your stomach okay? Do you have an upset stomach?" He said, "Yes, I have an upset stomach." Mm, mm. And that just fucked me. And mm. then every single day. he would tell me today i don't have an upset stomach <laughs> because then he he thought he had to report all his bubble moments to me you know so yeah 
I guess it really boils down to how we teach um, the autistic kids these skills. Again, quoting Peter Gerard, he famously said, "We only have a finite number of days or yes. hours of intervention, yeah. and we've got to make that decision as to what to teach them and how to teach them, and not to forget to program in all the steps and the missteps." Yes, you want to make sure you plan for errors. Yeah, teach yeah. them what is wrong so they can do what is right. Right. So it takes me to the task of using the washroom. Simple task, isn't it? You would think. <laughs> well, it is. It isn't as easy as just teaching a child that oh, you need to urinate or whatever. You just enter the bathroom and do it. It's not just about learning how to appropriately use the pot. It's about teaching them to indicate when they need to use the washroom, regardless of place. So it's not restricted to just home, where the child knows where the where the toilet is and will just run and go right it's not restricted to a particular environment or school or a friend's house but must include places like malls petrol stations restaurants airports shops just metro stations where yeah. the child might go to anywhere that the child may go to right you never know when you may have to use the loo yeah and the child has to be taught how to identify the washroom what sign is to look out for and in india we have various signs so many <laughs> so many signs mm-hmm. right which stall is empty which one is occupied and hence is automatically out of bounds you don't try to mm. break that door down you don't you <laughs> know to the horror of somebody who's inside yeah so how do you ensure this privacy in other words always close the door undress use the toilet clean up pull up your dress teach them to check to see if their dress is okay we would right we would ensure always. everything is adjusted and everything looks fine looks the way it was before you entered the loo mm-hmm. as is various condition then wash the hands flush open the door and exit so don't forget to teach them how to ask for the loo when they can't spot one that is important too that's a whole bunch of steps that constitute teaching them how to use a toilet and i think the critical ones here are knowing to identify the right you know the gender sometimes yeah yeah finding the right toilet uh, ensuring it's empty ensuring nobody else is inside there mm-hmm. right? that's so important so important yeah. because we don't specifically teach them that mm-hmm. and also the fact that they need to check themselves to ensure that you know everything their dress is back in place and they look clean yeah So th- those are some things we don't ever explicitly state. So sometimes when you embark on teaching a skill, I think these little nuances are something we should not forget, because these little lapses can go on to become bigger um, than the skill itself. Oh yeah, and it's all wasted then. Well said. <laughs> so on that note, more food for thought. Till we. See you again next time. Thank you for watching. Listening, sorry. Watching is soon when we learn to record on YouTube. Yes. Until then, see you next time.